0: The Bible. It's the Word of God, sharper than any two edged sword. This sacred book is living and active and contains all that's needed for life and godliness. Stay with American Family Radio for the next hour as we study God's Word and take your
1: Bible questions. Welcome to Exploring the Word. You know, Easter weekend is just a weekend to celebrate, uh, it's kind of unusual. When you look at the cross and the pain and the suffering and all the things, it it hurts and brings sadness. But when you look past it for the purpose and the victorious resurrection, it is hallelujah. And I want to read a passage of Scripture to start today from the book of Matthew, chapter 28. And by the way, this is Bird and Alex, and it's a joy to be with you on this Easter weekend. But it says in Matthew 28, verse 1, Now, after the Sabbath... As the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. His countenance was like lightning, and his clothing as white as snow. And the guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. But the angel answered and said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you see Jesus who is crucified. He is not here. For he is risen. As he said, come see the place where the Lord lay. That phrase, he is not here, for he is risen, rings loud and clear through the ages, and it rings clear this year. Alex, when we see that, we have a risen, victorious Savior, and it is the Lord Jesus.
0: Amen. And God keeps his promises. And you know, when I think about this, he is not risen. Excuse me. When it says, he is not here, for he is risen, as he said, he promised he would conquer the grave, and he did. And Easter is a reminder that God keeps his word. And this really is the great pinnacle of Christian truth, that we have a Savior who beat death, he conquered the grave, and every believer will as
1: well. It is. And as we do this, we're praying that you're having a victorious weekend We've talked about it a good bit about last Easter. Uh, a lot of quarantine was going on, and there's some places still trying to keep it down, but a lot of places has opened up. And uh, we pray that this weekend would be a, just a great, great, victorious weekend as it was then over sin and death. And, Alex, that's the good news. Sin and death do not have to reign, do they? No, they don't. You know, there's uh, so much
0: in the New Testament about our own mortality. You know, the Bible says in Hebrews nine twenty seven that it is appointed unto man once to die, and after this, the judgment. And, you know, Bert, a lot of people don't like to think about death, and I, I don't know, sometimes I think people... Uh, maybe they assume if you talk about death or something that it will cause it to happen and that's not true. God knows when the last day of our life in this world is going to be. But Bert, I actually think one of the wisest things a person could ever do is to honestly face their own mortality and to be prepared. A lot of people procrastinate and they, they just want to push it out of their mind and not really think about it. Have you ever maybe been sharing the gospel and Bert, I'm just going to say, a lot of times men are this way. You you try to get people to think about their soul and think about eternity, and, and men might say, well, you know, I just don't want to talk about that. But, friend, the wisest thing you could ever do is to think about the fact that you're not going to live here forever. We're all going to die. But through Jesus, we can be prepared for eternity.
1: Amen. For the believer, death becomes a doorway. Uh out of time into eternity, out of here into the very presence of the Lord. And so on this Easter weekend, we're celebrating that, not only what Jesus has done, but what he offers to us because of his victorious resurrection. And I use that word victorious really quite often because Mm -hmm. uh, we don't need to be victims. We need to be victors. And in Christ Jesus, we have that. We can have that. And Jesus was crucified. He wa—he did not swoon. They did not steal his body away after he died. He—he he rose again. I love—I don't know what preacher was the first one that said it, but I loved it. The stone wasn't rolled away to let Jesus out. The stone was rolled away to let the believers come in. And uh, he is risen, you know, because. He, you know, closed doors did not hold him. Space did mm-hmm. not hold him. He could be in, in, on the road to Emmaus one minute and be back in Jerusalem the next moment. And so we have this victorious resurrection that we're celebrating. And Alex, it's because of the cross. Uh, you would not have a resurrection without the cross, would you?
0: Well, that's true. That's true. And you know, it is so important. Um, let, let's go back to God's promise of, of eternal life and the fact that even in this fallen world, He has not abandoned us. God does love us, God is with us. Psalm 19 very famously says that the heavens and earth bear witness to the glory of God. And Martin Luther, the great reformer years ago, he said that the, the promise of the resurrection. And eternal life is not only written in books of Scripture, but on every leaf of springtime, said Luther. You know, uh, even the world that comes back to life after the winter is a reminder that one day God is going to make all things new. And Bert, I'm so glad there is a, a great springtime coming. We might be in the dark winter of sin right now. And, Bert, before you and I uh, went on this broadcast, I was just talking to a fellow Christian who's very concerned about the world, and people are, and rightly so. But the empty tomb is God's promise that, look, the atonement has happened. Our sins were paid for. If you put your faith in Jesus, you say, Lord Jesus, save me then you are a recipient of that gift of eternal life that he bought on Calvary's cross. Not only that, you can be forgiven, you can be saved. Christ will walk with you every step of every day, and he will be that friend who sticks closer than a brother. You'll go to heaven when you leave this world if you're a born-again believer. You've got a home in heaven, and you're securely in the safe, loving grip of the Savior. But Bert, there is also this promise as well that the day is coming, hallelujah, when that eastern sky will split open, Christ will return, He will wipe away every tear, He will make all things new. That empty tomb is a reminder of a hundred other
1: glorious promises that are part of the Christian reality. Am I right? You are right on, Alex. And another promise is, this world that you live in is going to get worse and worse, so don't That's be true. so discouraged. I know we are talking to a lot of people. It's been a difficult year since last Easter, uh, you know, when it's, when when we had the pandemic come on and the, kind of the beginning of March and everything started happening, and, and a lot of folks have doubt and they're fearful. But let me just share with you, that did not take God by surprise, and, and God told us that. And Jesus said, in this world, you're going to have tribulation. You're going to have difficulty. You're going to have hardships. That word translates so many things that come our way, that man throws on us, that happens in the world, that we bring on ourselves. And so what that does, Alex, we look at that through the prism of the cross and the resurrection and the promise of his coming back. When you when you look at it that way it puts it in perspective and and on, on this broadcast this weekend we're sharing with you look at it through those eyes look at it on understanding that yes this is hard yes there's brothers and sisters in the world Alex right now that are in prison uh they're they're losing their lives because they're sharing the gospel and sharing it with others and walking with Christ and and the reality of heaven now is And the reality of his return in the future, they are real. And just as you said before you threw it to me, it is because of the promise of the resurrection being fulfilled that we're confident of all that God has said and has in store for us, brother. Amen. Do do you remember the name E.M. Bounds? You better believe it. Yes.
0: E.M. Bounds. (laughs) A very famous book called Power in Prayer or power through prayer, rather, uh, Edward McKendry Bounds. And he was a great leader in the 19th century in the the dark uh, bloodshed of the Civil War, very dark time, north and south during the Civil War, he ministered. And he said this, uh, this is amazing. He said, quote, even the most casual reader of the New Testament can scarcely fail to see that the resurrection of Christ is the cornerstone of Christianity. Christ's resurrection is the promise of new and brighter hope, richer, stronger faith, a deeper, more exalted experience, and a brand new world that is coming. And you know what? That was 150 years ago plus, and it's still absolutely true today. He's right. Even the most casual reader of the New Testament, you can't fail to see that the resurrection is, is the Christian good news. And Bert, as a pastor, I know you, you've you done this and, and I've done this. Uh, I've gone to the hospital to see somebody and you end up ministering to three or four other people. And sickness and death and our, our own frailty and mortality, I mean, death is that visitor that comes to every family and touches every life. And people shed just painful tears. And I've I've been at the hospital so many, I could not count how many times, and you go to minister to somebody, and then you meet other people who need ministry. Friend, um, there's, there's nothing that we feeble preachers could do humanly, but we, we have something incredibly powerful. We can say that God is with you. God cares. Jesus is risen, and all who live and believe in Jesus <laughs> will conquer death. I mean, you know, as a preacher, do you ever feel
1: so limited and so inadequate? I know I do, Bert. Oh, listen, Alex, and it's why the word of God needs to be hidden in our hearts, not only for us, but so we can share it with others. I have a message that I preach, and it's called God's grace. The same grace that saved us is the same grace that brings us through life and death. His grace does not run short when dying is approaching. So those of you that need to be saved, His grace is sufficient. Those of you who are saved and you're living in this difficult time, His grace is sufficient to live in the most difficult times in the world. He's given us everything we need for life and godliness in this present world. And then those of you that has heard the big word, cancer, Uh, You're Mm. walking around, and you're a walking time bomb because maybe a blood clot somewhere. You may be on the flat of your back this Easter weekend listening, and you know death is coming. His grace is sufficient. Alex, that's what he told Paul concerning suffering. That's what he tells us concerning death. His grace is sufficient. When you know Christ is Savior, when he is the Lord of your life and that great transaction has taken place of his redemption in your life, listen, he'll see us through and he'll Amen. bring us through. Do you remember that time when Jesus said, let's go to the other side of the sea and yes. right in the middle? Uh, they, they had the storm and they were worried. But guess what? The next chapter is, I think it's Luke 9. He said, when they came to the other side. We are assured spiritually of the other side of Amen. life called heaven for those of us that know Christ as Savior. Amen. And and you know, friends, we can say
0: confidently to the world, Jesus is risen. Literally, physically, he rose from the dead. Luke 24, he says, touch me, you'll see that a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see me have. Jesus literally rose from the grave. We're going to talk about this and all that came together for this wonderful reality of the empty tomb.
1: We're hoping you're having a great Easter weekend, and we're praying that God would make his riches known to you as we study the Word of God here on AFR.
0: back to the Bible study. You're listening to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio.
1: It's about the cross. It's about my sin. It's about
0: how Jesus came to be born once so that we could be born again. It's about the stone that was rolled away. When Jesus had ridden into Jerusalem on a donkey just several days before the crucifixion in Matthew 21, 4 and following, it says, This took place to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet. Palm Sunday, the false accusations, the crucifixion, the burial, the resurrection, Jesus fulfilled prophecy God kept his promises. Welcome back to Exploring the Word. Alex McFarlane, Bert Harper here. And it, it's Easter, and we're celebrating the resurrection of our Lord and just rejoicing in the promise that every believer has a new body, a home in heaven, and you too will rise one day. And and Bert, let me share something about how this good news, it is the message. And as, as I said, humanly, uh, we, we really humanly, in and of ourselves, we don't have any good news. Uh, Philosophy is not necessarily good news. Uh, Wishful thinking, motivational messages. Bert, uh, May of 2019, I was in the hospital. I had been called. There was a, a young family. The mother had had a terrible car wreck, and the vehicle rolled, and uh, the mother and five-year-old daughter were in the emergency room. And I went back, and in comes the dad that had been summoned from work. And I, I don't know, he might have been 28, 29 years old. And uh, what I didn't know was uh, several years prior, this young couple had lost a baby. So the, the child they did have, oh, my goodness, this child was very precious. And I was in a waiting room uh, with a policeman who would come, and in comes the father, and he was just so distraught. He was trembling with fear. And Bert, uh, the single hardest day I ever had as a, as a minister, um, in comes a surgeon, and he says uh, the mother is in surgery. She's um, critical but stable, and the the husband says, what about my little girl, the five-year-old? The surgeon with tears in his eyes. He said, I'd give anything in the world if I had some different news for you. But I'm sorry to say the little five-year-old girl didn't make it. And the man screamed and cried. Oh, it was terrible. And he punched the wall. And the policeman, the surgeon, Angie, was there. And he looked at me and he said, how am I going to survive this? And all I could say was one word. I said, Jesus, Jesus will help you through this because Jesus overcame death. And the man literally melted into the floor in a puddle of tears. And Bert, I want to tell you, it's not easy. And I'm not, it it certainly wasn't just some trite, you know, wishful thinking, but in a world of death, in a world of tears, friend, we have the reality of Jesus, and maybe somebody listening, you've had some hard things, and we've all, to one degree or another, been to the school of hard knocks, but I want to tell you, you have one hope in this world, but what an open door it is, and what a glorious reality, Jesus will forgive you, Jesus will heal you. Jesus will be with you. Jesus will carry you from this world to his wonderful heaven. And there is a great reunion day. And Bert, in Jesus, who rose from the dead, we have hope. I think about John 6 when Peter said, Lord, where else could we go? You have the words of eternal life. When life implodes, we have one place to go.
1: And that's to Jesus, isn't it? There is no other name. There's no other person other than Jesus. Now when things like this happen, and recently here in our area in northeast Mississippi, we've heard of a family just being devastated by a wreck where loved ones was carried away and uh, into death, into heaven, because they were believers and just one of the parents were left. Her hope was only in Christ Jesus. Now here it is. Those of you who are listening, you say, well, I I just don't know about that. Listen, God doesn't promise to take you around trouble or over trouble or under trouble, but he promises he'll go with you through the difficulties. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. And if you've never come to Jesus, you're missing out on a friend that is closer than a brother We're talking about a friend that stays with you through thick or thin, and it's only Christ, and it's a real relationship. It's not joining the right church. It's not being baptized at a certain time. It is asking Jesus to forgive you of your sin, that you're a sinner. And let me just make this plain. You're a sinner by nature and a sinner by choice. Now, mm. uh, that sounds – it is. That's the bad news. But you've got to face the bad news before you can hear the good news. The bad news is there's nothing that you can do within your own power to withstand death and the penalty of sin. It is over us. It's beyond us. It's bigger than us. But Jesus, who loved us, he went to the cross and gave himself willingly on the cross – And the Bible says he became what was needed in order for us to have life. He who knew no sin paid the penalty for sin that we could have the righteousness of God in us. And you do that by faith. Ephesians makes it plain. He says, you're saved by grace through faith, that not of your works. It is a gift of God, lest any man should boast. What Mm. does that mean? It means we come recognizing that there's nothing we can do. There's nothing that anybody else that's humanly able to do anything for us to propel us to salvation. Only Christ Jesus. And it's Alex, it's wrapped up in that song. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin has left a crimson stain, but Jesus has washed it white as snow. That's what he's done. He is the victorious sacrifice. How you like that? Isn't that a great? That's kind, of, kind of like a nearly, as far as man is concerned, that's an oxymoron, but not, yeah. in, not in God's eyes, a victorious sacrifice. That's who Jesus Amen. is. Amen. Amen.
0: Well, I'll tell you what, folks, we're going to give you seven realities that are signified, underscored, guaranteed by the resurrection. Uh, Several things to think about that uh, Jesus's death, burial, resurrection signifies. Um, let me just say a word. We get a question a lot. And by the way, folks, Bert and I have our, our first book that we've done together is coming out in the fall of 2021. And it's going to be a part of the fall share on AFR. But we, we've got a book that we wrote on the top 100 questions from the first 10 years of exploring the Word. And some of you hearing this broadcast, perhaps your call or email was one of those questions. But, Bert, sometimes we get the question about uh, what day of the week was Jesus crucified on? And and you and I address that in our book. I'm just going to say this, and I know there's different um, people who have different ideas, but I, I really think the most direct biblical passage that addresses this is Mark 15, 42 and 43, which uh, says regarding the crucifixion, uh, Mark 15, quote, Now when the evening had come, because it was the preparation day, that is the day before the Sabbath, Joseph of Arimathea, who was himself waiting for the kingdom of God, coming, taking courage, went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Now the Sabbath day was and is Saturday. Uh, making preparation day Friday. And let me just say this. Uh, additionally, we look at the the day Jesus was resurrected. Now, Matthew 16, 21, Luke 9, Jesus said that he would rise on the third day. 1 Corinthians 15, 4 says Jesus rose on the third day. And all four gospels Uh, And we've talked about the chapters like Matthew 28, Mark 16, Luke 24, John 20, all say that on the first day of the week, Jesus was risen. Well, the first day of the week in the Jewish calendar is always Sunday. So the third day, uh, when it says he would rise on the third day, it doesn't necessarily mean 96 hours he had to be in the grave. And we've talked about this a lot. But um, I believe that the crucifixion day was Friday, and we call it Good Friday. And in the Jewish reckoning, part of a day was considered all of the day. Uh, Friday laid in the tomb, all day Saturday, uh, Saturday night, Sunday at dark, Sunday at morning and sunrise, the tomb is empty. On that third day, his grave was found empty because Jesus had arisen. That's just one of... Uh, 90 that plus 99 other questions that's going to be in our book but it's good news because that tomb is empty and the angel said see the place where he lay past tense he's not laying there now he did lay but now he's arisen that empty tomb is the first evidence of the proof of christianity sunday morning
1: on resurrection day isn't it it is and one i mean there's at least 10 different places, and some say more. But we have Mary Magdalene that day, the other Mary with some other women, Simon Peter, he appeared to him, the two on the road to Emmaus, and then with the disciples, uh, without Thomas. That all took place that first day of the week, and then you'd have five more. And and so, Alex, when you see this, that he overcame sin and death, and he's a living Savior— it is the hope. It is the empty tomb. Uh, I heard a message just this week, you know, uh, we can go to a place and say, this is where this great man is buried, and his bones are there. Or That's where they are. That's not true with Jesus. He is risen. He is risen indeed, just like he said. And that empty tomb gives us hope. Now, listen, that empty tomb, because of that, Jesus can fill your empty heart. You know, mm. there's this oh, wow. divine mm-hmm. vacuum within you. Something's missing in your life. Uh, many of you have done what uh, Solomon tried to do in, in, you know, his book of Ecclesiastes. He tried to fill his life with with wine, women, and song, and work, and all the things, even education. But it could only be filled in Christ. And he is the one. You don't need to look elsewhere. You don't need to look at the bottom of a bottle. You don't need to find it uh, puffing on a joint. You don't need to look it in a pill it. box. You need to turn to Christ today. If you're in, if you're in 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 a incarceration, and it's Easter, and man, you know, and you remember when you heard the gospel, but you went astray. Come, come to Christ. Come to Christ today. That empty tomb, it is proof. He has overcome our greatest enemies. Alex, that is so real that he did rise that third day. And on that third day, sin was finally put in its place, wasn't it? (laughs)
0: Amen. Amen. And, you know, I've quoted this so many times. You mentioned a a song earlier, but uh, there is a fountain filled with blood. Uh, I've I've told this, but I was a young believer. I'd been saved just a, a, a very short time. And one Sunday, I hear this song. There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins, and sinners plunged beneath that flood. Lose all their guilty stains. And Bert, I I remember the morning I heard that for the first time, and I thought that is the most beautiful, most mind boggling, beautiful, wonderful poetry I've ever heard. The dying thief rejoiced to see that fountain in his day, and there may I, though vile as he, wash all my sins away in that fountain filled with blood. Jesus was crucified. The appropriate measure of God's wrath that you and I deserved was poured onto Jesus. The The judgment for sin was deflected from us onto Jesus. And we often say this, friends, that Jesus is as close by as a prayer right now. And, and don't think you have to be articulate or use fancy words. If you just cry out from your heart, Lord Jesus, I need you. Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for my sins. Lord, I believe you are the Son of God, and you paid that that penalty for me. I accept that. I believe you rose. Jesus, save me. Wash my sins away. Bert, it's not so much the words, but it's the sincerity of Mm -hmm. your heart and the object of your faith. Are you sincerely calling out for God's help? Do you believe Jesus, the Son of God... He did that because he loves you. If you will call out to Jesus right now, he will come into your life. I I wish I had words adequate to convey how real this is, how true this
1: is, how wonderful this is. Alex, what you said is so important. Let me just add this. God is more impressed with your heart than your words. You catch... Mm. And in your heart, in your life, that means your innermost being, your mind, your will, your emotions, all of those are involved in the biblical term heart. And you know you are a sinner. You know Christ died for you. Call upon him. Uh, If it was dependent upon words, Alex, know the most articulate Orator in the world would never have adequate words to express our need and what Jesus does. But God, you remember what he said? He looks upon the heart of man. And, and Alex, that's what he's doing right now. I believe with all my heart, we have people mm-hmm. that are just hurting so bad this Easter. They're not even getting to be with family uh, for different reasons. And they're happened to turn the radio on. But I am telling you right now, Jesus is there. His Holy Spirit desires to come in and be that friend. He's Jesus. When the Holy Spirit comes, it's the same as Jesus coming. Just like when Jesus said concerning uh, the, the apostle that asked, we would see the Father. And Jesus said, don't you know when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So when the Holy Spirit comes in, it's Jesus coming in. And Alex, he can feel that empty void in that person's life. The resurrection, listen, it sets everything else apart. What was it that Paul said if the resurre- resurrection is not true, we're of men most miserable? Everything mm-hmm. for the Christian life depends on the resurrection, doesn't it? And Paul said, Christ is risen and he
0: is. You're listening to Exploring the Word. Stay tuned because we've got another segment. We're going to talk about some incredible things that the resurrection signifies and proves on this Easter edition of Exploring the Word. God bless you. Stay tuned.
1: Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family
0: Radio. Oh, yeah.
1: This Easter weekend, we're talking a lot about victory, and you know what Jesus said is amazing. He said, if you want to find your life, you lose it. You lose it in him. You let Christ come in, and so that's what we're sharing with you on this weekend, and we're praying you're having a good weekend, but if not, We're trying to make this program one that you could turn it around for you and your life would be turned around toward Christ. If if you're saved and but you're headed in the wrong direction, there's a there's a word in the Bible talked about repentance turn around and come to Christ. So we're praying for that for you today. And matter of fact, I'm going to pray, and then I want Alex to, to take the program, and I know he's got some things on his heart, and I've got some on my heart. We want to serve with, serve with you today and share it. So, Father, I pray that you would bless this broadcast, that you would take the words, the inadequate words of, of mine and Alex's, and through the power of your Word and your Holy Spirit, You would penetrate the hardest heart, Father, and let them see what you have done for them. And, Father, I pray that they would come to you in repentance and they would come to you in faith, asking you to forgive them and asking you to come into their life and head them in a whole different direction, Father. May they commit their life to you. That word commit has the idea of surrender, surrendering who they are to you, We're praying that this would happen in people's lives, that they're hearing this. And if it doesn't happen now, Father, I pray that the memory of what's been said would go into their minds, and it would replay in their minds again and again until they come to the place where they're repenting and they're coming to you by faith. We're asking this and believing this in Jesus' name. Amen. Go ahead, Alex.
0: Amen. Well, uh, you know, Bert, uh, the resurrection means so much, and um, I'm reminded uh, a few years ago I toured a newspaper plant where they printed a number of newspapers, and so they were taking a tour, and of course everything is set up by computers now, but they showed me these Uh, where they used to do typesetting. Have you ever seen like these little square cubes of lead with an alphabet letter? And the tour guide, yeah, they had to like typeset every word and every punctuation mark. And I was just amazed at how uh, laborious it must have been. And there was different fonts, little bitty letters, and then larger letters. And um, they showed me these, these big, big fonts, probably three inches tall, when man had walked on the moon, and they had made this front-page headline, and I, I got to handle some of these text pieces. They still had, like, ink on them. Uh, and then they showed me these letters that bert I bet they were 10 or 11 inches tall, and they had never been used. They were probably 100 years old. And the tour guide, he said, look at these, the biggest font ever. He said, but they were never used. I guess we never had a headline significant enough to uh you know use these the largest of all fonts and he looked at the group he said can anybody think of a headline big enough that would warrant using the the biggest front page text ever and nobody said anything and i i kept quiet as long as i could i said i have a headline for you he said oh yeah i said this is worthy of the biggest letters you've got jesus is risen Christ alive forevermore, and he's coming again. That is worthy of the biggest front page ever. And and a few in the tour group clapped. And this is big news. Okay, Bert, do you remember this Christian leader? He was born in 1903, Watchman Knee. Oh, yes. Is that him? Oh, you bet. And, you know, he recommitted his life to the Lord in something called the Shantung Revival. Yeah. That was like in the late 20s, early 30s. And uh, But Watchman Nee, listen to this, folks. He said, your past ended at the cross. Your future begins with the resurrection. Amen. And see, you might be saying to yourself, folks, you know, oh, I got baggage you don't even know about. I've done things God couldn't love me anymore. Billy Graham said, when Jesus hung on the cross, bled, died, and rose again, that was God saying to you, I love you. And Watchman Nee is right. If you'll turn to Jesus, your your past, as painful, as embarrassing, as ashamed as you might be, your past ended at Calvary's cross. Your future begins with that empty tomb and
1: Christ's resurrection. Amen. You're speaking of the Shantung revival and Watchman Nee. One of the individuals involved in that revival was a lady named Bertha Smith. And uh, if you can ever hear any presentation by Bertha Smith, just get ready to be blessed, to be challenged. Uh, let me just tell you, she will, she will do it. And uh, but I heard the story, and she's the one that told it. She was talking to an individual in a jail ministry, and this person was saying, "I've just done too many things that God couldn't forgive me," and she just didn't argue with him. She just said, "Tell you what, you go into your cell." And she'd seen where they had written them the cell, so they gave them crayons or whatever to write on. And he, she said, "Take this crayon, write on your walls every sin." that you can remember ever committing. And then take this other crayon. It was the red crayon, crayon and write over it, the blood of Jesus cleanses me from all sin. That is the power of the blood of Christ. And he can. And if you're one of those people that said, I've just been too bad, you may be on the other side, Alex. You know, well, I've really done nothing really bad that would mm, deserve yeah. hell. Let me just share with you. What do you have to do in order to be lost?
0: Nothing. Really. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> nothing. Because we're born sinners.
1: That's exactly right. You are born sinners. There's nothing you have to do to be lost. You just got to recognize it and understand there's nothing you can do. But Jesus Christ in his life, his, his death, his resurrection makes it right and so, Alex, uh, that's what we're celebrating this weekend. And it, it's not just, you know, uh, it celebrating spring. Uh, and I love springtime, and I love the way sometimes we celebrate Easter, the freshness and the newness. But all that newness comes about because of the resurrection, doesn't it? Amen.
0: Amen. You know, some people think they are too bad to be saved, and some people think they are too good to need it. Let me tell you, if you're a human being— you need Jesus. And the good news is you can have Christ in your life. He's as close by as a prayer. You know, Bert, when I think about the resurrection, and folks, listen to me. This this could be what I'm about to say could be a week of shows. <laughs> we started, uh, but but it won't be. But, you know, uh, in the 1990s, when I was a youth pastor, we started uh, doing these conferences called Truth for a New Generation. And part of it was I just wanted to meet Josh McDowell, <laughs> but part of it was I wanted to bring my kids under the sound of apologetics and defending the faith, and then over the years, it was our joy to uh and we're still involved in fact, we're working on a conference right now, but we brought in Norm Geisler, who's in heaven, we brought in Josh McDowell, Gary Habermas, dr. Dobson, Chuck Colson, Lee Strobel, uh, on and on, I could go. And I don't know if those names mean anything to you, but let me just say this. Um, some of the best and the brightest, uh, PhDs, published authors. We brought in, uh, in 46 citywide conferences, literally dozens and dozens of men and women that had spent their lives traveling the world researching the New Testament, the Bible, the the Dead Sea Scrolls, the eyewitness accounts. I mean, Gary Habermas, for one, even as we speak, Bert, he is finishing up a three-volume set on ancient evidence for the life of Christ, proof of the resurrection, nearly 6,000 pages, 5,800 pages. And here's my point. You could add from Dr. Chuck Colson to J. Warner Wallace, Frank Turek, You could ask these people, do you believe Jesus rose from the dead? Was Christ real? Is what we read in the New Testament trustworthy, accurate, historically factual? Did he rise? All of these people and more that I could name would say, yes, absolutely. I would stake my life on the truth of this. In fact, I have. And so what this means, folks, look, if Jesus rose and clearly the proof is that he did. Then, for one thing, you can know God revealed himself to humanity, and God can be known. You can know that Jesus is who he claimed to be, the Bible's promised Savior, Messiah. You can know that uh, he, he keeps his word, the promises of God are fulfilled, and Easter shows us that God is victorious over all things, even that unbeatable enemy, death in the grave, God is victorious. And if you'll, if you'll, as we say down south, hit your wagon to the Lord Jesus, you will live forever. And, and your life here will be joyful. He'll be with you. Easter says
1: that life has meaning, and I can know God. And Alex, when you share that, we find out that Jesus is that promised Messiah he is the king. He is the suffering servant that Isaiah would write about. All those prophecies in the Old Testament. Matter of fact, uh, I've, I've, I've researched a lot of them, but I've talked to people who have counted as many as at least 360 prophecies concerning the Messiah and Jesus Christ meets every one of those not just in his birth that he had no control over not in his burial and resurrection that well he had control over those in so in some ways for his uh that but him being a man would have not any control over that every one of those were fulfilled every detail That is the promise of the Messiah. That's why when you list those names of individuals that are highly, highly qualified to make much judgment, they said, yes, Jesus is real. Yes, the resurrection is real. And guess what? It wasn't just that it became real and they knew it in their minds. It changed their life. They came to the Messiah. They came to the Christ and ask him to come into their life. And all of a sudden, that doubt, that anger, the frustration, is replaced by the peace that he gives, the grace that he brings in, the joy that is unspeakable and full of glory. Alex, that is not just something we sing about. That is reality we can live in, and and we're asking you to live that life, live that life of purpose. Uh, Only Christ can give us that purpose, isn't it? They're not going to find it any other. In science, they're not going to find it. In philosophy, they're not going to find it. Mm -hmm. In economic success, they're not going to find it. It's always going to come up short and empty unless Christ is centerpiece of it all. Amen. Amen. Uh, Jesus
0: gives life meaning. And uh, let me say this. It's been my privilege to meet a lot of people. you know wealthy people poor people uh americans people on five continents um <laughs> met met a few uh very very notable people and you know what the people that have jesus are satisfied have a They've got a fulfillment that you just can't buy. Bert, I I talked with a man who had just won a Grammy Award in the music industry. and We were alone talking, and he said he'd give everything he'd ever done to know that his father had loved him. And uh, in other words, this guy had won a Grammy. He was rich and famous, but it wasn't enough. He wanted something more, and later on he found Jesus. But uh, Jesus is what your heart is searching for. Augustine, the famous Christian leader, Augustine said, uh, and this is beautiful, the heart is restless till it rests in thee. Yeah. And friend, I, I'm just going to tell you, uh, and Bert and I both, I, I found Christ at age 21. Bert, uh, younger than that, he found the Lord. We want to save you some time and some heartache. <laughs> um, listen, Amen. all all those trinkets And you promise yourself, oh, man, if I got that car, that job, that relationship, that thrill, you know, whatever, that would do it for me. It won't. It won't. But you know what will fill your life and your heart and your soul? And you can sleep at night. Not worry. You don't have to worry about COVID. You don't have to worry about the economy as much as it's responsible to be concerned about such things. But listen, you can sleep at night
1: with peace in your soul. It's Jesus. Amen. He'll and give it to you. He will. And let me just share with you, we're also talking to believers who have, you know, we use the old word backslidden. They're they're not there. Uh, they've Their heart's grown cold. Think about Peter for a moment. Uh, Peter was there with Jesus in the upper room, and Jesus had washed his feet, and he said, no, not mine, when he first started it. And then Jesus said, uh, you know, some of you are going to betray me. One of you will betray me. One of you will deny me. And Peter, kind of boastful, he had that, and he meant well. He said, not me, Lord. I'll never never deny you. I'll, I'll die for you. And Jesus said before morning when the cock crows, you're going to have denied me three times, Peter. And uh, that had to cut him to the bone. But guess what? It did happen And while Jesus was being arrested and being tried and being beaten, there was Peter denying him. But guess what happened, Alex? That Peter, that same Peter, repented. He turned around. Jesus was there, and he had a special meeting with Peter there on on the banks of the Sea of Galilee when they were fishing, and uh, the redemption really was real. And this same Peter would preach after the Holy Spirit fell on them on the day of Pentecost, and thousands and thousands of people would be saved. God can use you. Get saved. You that are saved, God can use you. Turn your life around. If you've grown cold and indifferent, come to Christ. There's no better weekend to do it than Easter weekend, is there, Alex?
0: That's true. You remember Mark 16:7? the angel said, uh, hey, go tell the disciples <laughs> and, Peter. and Peter. See, failure is not final. And if you'll turn to Christ... He'll forgive you and restore you, and you'll go forward with Jesus
1: forever. Oh, happy Easter, my dear brother, Bert. Happy Easter, Alex, and may you have a happy Easter, and may God richly dwell in your life and let him be Lord. He is the King of kings and Lord of lords.